Well, hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to a new episode of He Said, He Said, He Said, a look at the world from a seasoned Black man's perspective. I'm Alvin King, and welcome to our Christmas Eve Eve show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I don't even have to ask any of you, but I know it's cold wherever you are, unless you're in Mexico or down in Florida. Even Atlanta is, exper is experiencing um, some cold weather. But whatever you guys are doing, I hope that you are ready for the holidays. We certainly are. And we are so happy that you all are joining us uh, tonight for our show. Um, speaking of our show tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we thought that we would go into our Manage Your Health series, being that it's the end of the year. And we wanted to close the year out with talking to you about your health. I mean, because we are in a state where everyone, state meaning place, state, state meaning, um, you know, just the world we live in, where we need to take care of our health because there's a lot going on with, with our, you know, with our health and with what's out there, all these, um, this new uh, triple-demic that's going around. But tonight we are here with uh, Jason Beverly, from the DC Department of Health. He is here tonight to talk with us and answer our questions and hopefully some of yours about um, what's going on in, in our world. Um, and, and guys, ladies, gentlemen, we really, 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 I cannot stress enough that we really need to take care of our health. I mean, I am 63 years old. I, you know, believe in going to the doctors and getting, you know, the right checks and checkups and all of that. But there are a lot of people who are not my age who think that I should be doing it because I, I am this age and they are not. They are younger than me. I have seen a lot of people who are younger than me who are actually um, dying because they're not taking care of themselves and they have chosen to put a date before the doctor. And uh, you know that that's something that um, you really need to get out of. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to preach to you that much longer, but you really need to take care of your health. I hope you guys have had a good week. My week has been kind of crazy. Um, for all of you who decorate, as you can see that I, I decorate, I got to tell you, I opened my um, my blinds on Tuesday, and all of the I mean thousand plus lights on my house had gone out. I was devastated, and for those of you who know me, you know I had to get those lights back up on the up on my house. So I had to do it before it rained and before it got cold. And you can't see it, but my house is lit now. And so for anybody who's who have lights outside of your house and they go out, just know that Alvin will sympathize with you because I've been through it. But it is time to get on with the show, ladies and gentlemen. And I want to bring in on my co-host. So if you all are ready for the chat, we are. Welcome to the stage, Bosh Bodie and Bobby Edwards. Hey, hey, hey gentlemen. Hey, hey fellas. <laughs> How y'all doing? Wait. Happy holidays. <laughs> Happy holidays. That was not what you had on just a few seconds ago. Come on now. I love it. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> he was not, not going to be outdone with us in this red thing. He was like, oh, and he was so quiet, but he's like, okay, I got him. I got him. Santa's elves. Santa's elves. You, you, you're, giving me, you're giving me kind of cute elf thing going on. You know. Yeah, I got to I get like back it. on the line making toys, but oh my god, pretty speechless. I love it. Oh. I love it. Hey guys, Goodness. hopefully you guys have had a great week. You know, and, and you know you have. I, I just want to point out that I, I found a little bit of humor when you were like talking about your lights and you were like saying, and for those of you whose lights may go out, you know, I just, I'm just thinking he's going to be like, I'd be happy to come over and help you. We're like, I'll sympathize with you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, and if your lights should go out, don't worry. I know what to do. I'll come over. And you were like, no, I, if your lights go out, I just sympathize with you. So. B, yeah, I love you. But I can't do it. I mean, and, and one of my best friends came over the night that my lights went out. Who he's a decorator also. 
And he decorated like crazy. And when he saw my lights were out, I said, I'm going out there. He said, just, you know, he's very calm. Just don't worry about it. Just go ahead and check your circuit breaker. I said, I'm taking every light down. Wow. And I'm going to put them back up in 24 hours. Goodness. And I did. And I did. So Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well, speaking of of gifts, for those of us who have been watching the January 6th committee for like the last who knows how long, it seems like it's been forever. Mm -hmm. They have finally come up in their closing remarks and made recommendations to the Department of Justice about President Trump. So let's take a look at who these people are and what they have come up with. So the committee have voted unanimously to recommend that former President Trump be prosecuted on four charges. Four charges. One is obstruction of an official proceedings of the United States government. Mm-hmm. Two is conspiracy to defraud the United States. Three is conspiracy to make a false statement and four is inciting, assisting, or aiding and comforting an insurrection. Wow. What do you guys think about that? Well, I first of all, I want to commend the January 6th committee. I don't yeah. care what anyone yeah. says about them. They were a team of people who wanted to make sure that they got the facts out. And I mean, they they set out, they they had they had points to prove. And, you know, one of them was that uh, criminal misconduct and efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. That was the overarching. And I think they did a really good job of, of laying out what they had to lay out. So I'm going to say that for now, Bobby. And I would just say that, you know, contrary to the accusation of it being a witch hunt, I certainly saw it as anything but. It was very uh, structured and in terms of laying out their arguments, providing evidence, uh, testimonies by people who were even selected by the former president. I often don't say his name, so I will just leave it at that. Uh, but but I think that, you know, uh, there's find the lie is what I say. And the fact that they also recommended that the former president be barred from holding office in the district, uh, in the district again, I think is completely appropriate as well. A very sound uh, and valid recommendation. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, in looking at all of that, you know, and thinking, how can they get him? Because, you know, that because first of all, I don't even know why he's not in jail now. But um, thinking about how they could get him. And I thought while looking at that, I thought, you know, there are so many um, things that his lawyers could come up with that they won't hold him on. But if the Department of Justice does not, I mean, does not prosecute him Mm. on the leaked tape. Um, that 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 he had when he went and um, he spoke to I think it's Raffensburger Raffensburger in in Georgia. Um, I think oh, that about is about getting the votes. Yeah, um, I think that is that, that's his name. Um, yeah, it, it's Raffensperger in Atlanta. When he asked him asked him to find eleven hundred uh, eleven thousand seven hundred and eighty votes, um, I think that that if, alone. If the DOJ doesn't step up and and prosecute him, convict him on that, hold him accountable on that. I don't know what else they can do. I you know what I'm saying? You know, I and so that that just it, it just disturbs me. And then one last thing that that came up for me because of course I always go back to if President Obama had did any of this, mm. anything remotely close to what he did, President we Obama don't. would still be in jail. Okay, and and I know this is. This is kind of a funny thought that I have in my head, but I thought President Obama, he, he was in the White House for eight years. Can you imagine him coming home and, you know, he's in the limousine and he can't make it in the house to go to the bathroom? He's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold, hold, I got to go to the bathroom. And so, you know, he decides that, you know, he's going to, you know, he wouldn't do it, but he has to go to the bathroom in here, right in the bushes in his yard. They would find a law from 18 something, something, something to convict him on how you can't urinate on White House grass. I'm sorry, did the former president do that? I didn't hear that. Of course he I said he would not do that, Bob. No, I said no, he I know you 45. Said, I said did No, I'm just uh, saying what you're just saying that my news absolutely a comparison. Absolutely. Oh no, yeah. something that you know, and I, and I think of all these funny things about President Obama, all he had to do was like First of all, well, they, they wanted to talk about him for wearing a beige suit. I was going to say they got over I, 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 and I got on him about a suit saying he wasn't I, 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 he didn't realize being presidential exactly so. 
I, I digress. Yeah. But I, I think the January 6th committee did a great job of showing us the facts. And mm -hmm. so I, I would give them that. And um, it, it was a great day in the city to just see that happen. So There was another thing that also made it a great day in the city recently this week. And that was the revealing of a mural. If you know the Washington, D.C. area, we have murals all over the city. And the alleyway of 13th and 8th Street Northeast is East is no exception. Uh, there is a mural that now features the visualization of Erlene Budd, 55-year-old, longtime D.C. resident. And not that murals are special, as I said, here in D.C., but this one is because it is the first one in the nation, in the, I'm sorry, in the district uh, that honors a transgender citizen. So Erlene Budd is the first transgender citizen of the District of Columbia to be honored with a mural sanctioned by the city. So we salute and congratulate Erlene Budd, a longtime DC resident and advocate specifically and in particular for transgender women. I so wow. applaud her. I, so, mm -hmm. I am so happy uh, that one, that she's here to receive her flowers and that absolutely honor. absolutely because so often when people so receive often, murals they are not here to, yes. to see it it's true it's very true. yeah very and true. If, if i could have you know worked some magic to have gotten her on the show um i definitely would would, would have done that i was i it wasn't for lack of trying but um <laughs> I, I did meet uh earlene bud uh actually 20 years ago when i was raising money for the max robinson center uh, mm -hmm. with a tour I was on with Absolute Vodka. And we honored her. And I didn't know who she was mm. at the time. And so um, to see her receive this, again, it is it is a blessing. And I'm glad that, that she's here to receive this honor. Yeah. When she was interviewed, she said that she was overwhelmed, but thankful for being a part of a community that's so loving and so caring. So we salute Earlene Budd. Earlene yes, Budd. And 35 years of doing Absolutely. this. 35 of years of advocating, Absolutely. of advocacy yeah. for yeah. the LGBTQI community. Come on, Earlene. You said 20 Ooh. years ago. Were you four? What, how old were you doing that? I just said I was 63 years old. I was a, a, a cute little tight shirt wearing 43 year old. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I'm, I'm gonna well, let that go. I'm, 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 I'm gonna let That's okay. He's still a tight shirt wearing sixty year old. <laughs> I wasn't. Okay. I was like, okay. something's never changed. I guess. Always be yourself. That's right. Be you. That's that's right. Well, you yes. know, I'm I'm gonna go from D.C. to New York um, on Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, the um, Central Park Five, who are now called the Exonerated Five. Actually, um, for those of you who are watching this picture, um, in 1989, five um, uh, men of color were convicted of a crime of raping a woman in, in Central Park. And uh, the way they were treated and the way um, uh, they, they just went through a tremendous amount of unfair, un unjustice behavior. And it took um, Ava DuVernay to produce a, a film called When They See Us. Uh, she did it in 2019, and it's an American crime drama that is on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, please, uh, please see it. Um, there were some uh, major newcomers, uh, Jarrell, uh, Jerome, Ashante Black, and, and the late uh, Michael K. Williams. They were all in this film, and it is absolutely amazing talking about this story of how these men were treated. But, and let, let me just say, um, the city in 2014 awarded them uh, $41 million. They settled a suit for $41 million. Uh, but on Tuesday, um, th there is a new entryway at the uh, at Central Park between Fifth Avenue and Malcolm X Boulevard, known as the Gate of the Exonerated. And they there, these five men are being honored. Um, it commemorates the miscarriage of justice that not only befell the five men, organizers say, but unknown to others who might have been wrongly imprisoned. This was like so good to see. And three of the five men were there. So um, who, who were exonerated. And it was just such a beautiful moment in New York. And I, I can't wait to see it. 
I can't wait. I'm, I'm looking forward to going to New York to see that. So um, Absolutely. that that was, yeah. I don't, I don't know why, but that was a big moment. And this is a mural of, of them as well yeah. that I thought was, uh, you know, really cool. And um, again, if you all can see When They See Us on Netflix, have you guys seen it? It's very powerful. You, I you have, have not. To be in, you have to be in this way. It's very, very well done. And it's very, very powerful. And, and just as a point of clarification, and I know you said, you know, these Af young African-American men, but the reality of it is they were still boys. They were, yeah. they, yeah. were they were boys. teens when yeah. they endured a lot of what you, you've described. And so it, it makes it even more profound because so often a young men of color are assumed to be and treated far older than they actually are. Indeed. And this was a, a, a perfect example. Of, of injustice that these young boys should have never encountered. Exactly. True, true. Um, Blue, welcome to the show tonight. Sean, welcome to the show tonight. Um, thank you all for, for being here. Um, I see that that you you know that your health is important, so we're glad that, that, that you're joining us tonight. Absolutely. So if you guys are ready, um, you know, I, I want to get on with the show. And, Let's get and some health talk. Special guests. Are, you all, are you all ready? Ready. Yes, indeed. Let's get All right. Um, our, our special guest tonight uh, is a certified family nurse practitioner who serves as deputy division chief in the STD and TB control division, part of the HIV AIDS hepatitis STD and TB Ooh. administration, which is called, I'm, and I'm going to ask him to correct it, but I'm going to say HASTA at the DC Department of Health. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to our stage tonight, Mr. Jason Beverly. Hello. Jason! Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? <laughs> good, I'm doing good. I'm nice and warm. Here in I know Austin. Alvin has questions for you, but is your business card this big? My Lord, there, there's so many things <laughs> that he just said. <laughs> Our like, He's like a Jamaican. Yeah. He's got 19 jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our administration does quite, quite a bit. We pack a lot into one administration here. Well, you know, Jason, again, welcome to our show. Uh, I want to, you know, give you the stage right now so you can tell us a little bit about yourself and the role that, that you play at the Department of Health and, and the role that the D.C. Department of Health plays overall. Sure. Yeah. So as you mentioned, I'm a nurse practitioner and um, I've been working in D.C. in the community since 1990, so, so quite a while. Um, prior to coming to the Department of health about six years ago, uh, I had been part of a team that started the school-based health center at Anacostia High School. I was there for about seven years, um, providing um, primary care services to, to the students in the high school and the students' children uh, for those who are parenting. And, and now I oversee the division of STD and TB control, um, which is the S and the T in HOSTA, which you pronounce uh, correctly. We love an anagram in the government. Um, and the HIV, AIDS, hepatitis, STD, and TB administration. So we're the S and the T of that. And a big part of, of what we do um, in our division is oversee the running of the STD and TB clinic for the district. And so this is a, a clinic which um, uh, provides for the sexual health of DC residents. We say anyone who works plays or lives in the district can come see us. And we also do um, the care for most of the active TV cases and many of the latent TV cases in the district. Um, but other things that, that HOSTA does is, you know, our former director talked a lot about the intersection of public health and clinical services. And so we're about providing some of those clinical services, but looking for ways that we can provide technical assistance and build up the uh, capacity of our community-based partners to help us um, with the mission of HOSTA, uh, which is looking at the prevention and care of those lists of diseases in HOSTA. So um, we're about prevention, we're about care, we're about low barrier access, we're about equity. Um, there you go. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. That's, Thank you. that's, that's Thank a lot. Well, given that level, given that the, the specific areas that you finding yourself working in currently, are there particular issues uh, that the LGBTQ community in particular um, deals with in, in your area of specificity? Absolutely. I mean, we're, um, 
we're we're about prevention of uh, STDs. STIs, STDs are synonymous, the same thing. Um, uh, they mean the same thing. Um, and prevention and care, prevention of and care for um, HIV. Uh, those would would be the ones that, that come to my mind uh, most readily when it comes to LGBTQ community. Um, we, as you probably know, we, we have um, quite a high prevalence rate of HIV, one of, one of the highest in the country. Um, and at the same time, thanks to the advances of modern medicine and um, the work of, of predecessors, we uh, have gone from you know, thousands of cases annually down to a much lower number. Um, we're really excited about that. And at the same time, we know that we can, we can do better. We can get with the, with the treatment that we have and the prevention um, options that we have, we are really looking to get that HIV prevalence rate as close to zero as possible. Uh, right now we're talking about about 240 uh, give or take new cases a year, and we like to, we want to say that it's 240 too many. Mm. Yeah, what we can do. Thank you. Thank mm -hmm. Well, Jason, thanks for being here. Um, I am an intersect activist, so I am going to include the I in the acronym LGBTQI yep. because it's important that I think we talk about intersex people whenever we talk about lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer people. Um, what services does HASTA provide or offer specifically to LGBTQI individuals? Uh, we, have, we have a number of programs we, we like to talk about. Um, one is our DC Beings or Sexual Beings um, campaign. This is a, a sex positive um, effort at addressing what has previously been stigmatized um, topics you know, around sexuality. So our sexual beings website is where um, anyone can go, but specifically um, our LGBTQI folks um, can go request condoms um, on, uh, to, to have condoms delivered directly to you or your organization, but also to get information on um, free STD testing um, and treatment HIV care and prevention, ways to get PrEP and PEP, and then just resources for um, how to talk to each other uh, about sex in a sex positive way. Um, we also have a Sex Is campaign, which is a very similar campaign, but focused on youth. So looking at helping youth identify trusted adults and help provide resources to those trusted adults on how to talk to uh, young people about sex in a way that doesn't have have them growing up with some of the baggage that that I know I grew up with. Um, we have the our Get Check DC program is something we stood up during COVID that we're really proud of. This is a way that uh, if you're a DC resident, you can go online to getcheckdc.org and request kits, STD test kits that get mailed to your house. So it's three site testing, throat, rectum, and urine. Um, you can request LabCorp walk-in testing where we send lab uh, orders to LabCorp and you walk in there and get your test. Or you can request a free HIV test kit that was mailed to your house and you do it on your own. And all three of those options are free to, to DC residents. Um, the DC Health and Wellness Center, which I mentioned before, that's our STD and TB clinic. We are a low barrier access point for people to come and get categorical STD testing and treatment. So gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, herpes, um, but also where you can come to get your HIV cared for. You find out you're new li newly living with HIV or have been living with it for a long time and have fallen out of care and need to be re-engaged quickly. We also do hepatitis C uh, treatment and some family planning. I think one thing we forget about as LGBTQI, um, we're just people part of the regular community and our other health needs are important too, not just Absolutely. HIV, not just STDs. Absolutely. And access is just as much an issue for especially our, um, our, our the members of our community of color. So just, uh, I, I think there's this impression sometimes in, in straight America that, um, that gay people have, don't have a problem with access to healthcare and just simply not, not the case at all. Um, our 
our, the members of our community that are living east of the river, for instance, Ward 7 and 8, have mm -hmm. the same sort of access problems that everybody else in the community does. And so, mm -hmm. um, if not more, <laughs> if not more, good point. I mean, um, in, in thinking about talking with you guys tonight, I um, just did a little digging into things that we don't normally talk about, like the fact that um, you know, nationwide, about a third of Black LGBTQI adults are parenting. You know, we're, um, so it's not just things that we have to talk about health-wise that, that are unique to our community, although mm -hmm. those exist, but um, the overall health of the community um, is, is something that we don't want to lose sight of, too. You very much have spoken to what feels to be like a, a multi-pronged approach to uh, uh, trying to address these issues, education programs that you know foster conversation and discussion to remove stigma, all of those things very important. As we talk about the fact that Washington DC has been notoriously known for its high infection rate amongst the highest in the country, I'm curious as to, because it's certainly not like, it's certainly not that people are not having sexual encounters in other cities and across the country. Do you have an idea of what lends itself to the city for it to have such a high infection rate? Yeah, I, I definitely do. One, one thing I want to say about our high prevalence rate for HIV is that Part of the reason we have so many people living with HIV is that people are living with HIV. Thanks, thanks be to God. Yeah, so that yeah, exactly. we are no longer losing a big number of our community to this um, infection, to this disease. And so the overall number of people is going to, to be fairly constant and maybe go up a little bit because we have new infections. Yes. Um, yep. And then people, um, of passing from things not related to HIV, related to aging. And that's another yes. thing that we are really talking about now is aging with HIV. We're still in the infancy of knowing how to manage this because we didn't have this welcome problem decades ago. People mm -hmm. weren't growing old with HIV. And so now, you know, that's a that's a big focus that we're gonna have going forward. But I know you didn't just ask about HIV. The other um, um, infection rates. I want to say that we have a, a real rising problem with syphilis, gonorrhea, and chlamydia, but we are not alone. Mm. This is a nationwide problem. Mm -hmm. And um, we have some ideas, um, some common sense um, ideas about why this is the case. Um, con we have uh, condom fatigue is a thing. Mm -hmm. um, people are are tired of hearing about condoms, 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 because we have undetectable equals untransmittable for mm -hmm. um, our folks living with HIV. Um, condoms are not uh, as much of a priority as they were before, because mm -hmm. we have great biomedical prevention, mm -hmm. um, pre-exposure prophylaxis for HIV and post-exposure, so PrEP and PEP, um, condoms are not quite the focus, which is great vis-a-vis HIV and um, has has been one of the things leading to increased numbers of our gonorrhea committee and syphilis. But it's not only that. Mm. We, we, it, it's more people are getting tested. Um, it is, um, and it's not just in the LGBTQI community too. We don't hold the, the, the patent on getting STDs. Absolutely. People yeah. say we do have a higher rate, but yeah. um, we see increasing rates of syphilis gonorrhea committee in the straight community too. Right. We're, we're, we're not the only ones who, who, who no, are getting it. Absolutely not. No. So I, I kind of want to switch gears a little bit and, and ask you this question, Jason, and, and more so, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to ask it this way. Um, how is HASTA, in considering the challenges, well, how is HASTA, considering the, the challenges that you have when crafting public health programs and initiatives, how are you considering all the challenges that, that you have? And my second part to that is, and how, if at all, do you support smaller health-based organizations in other communities like Whitman Walker Clinic or us helping them? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking um, um, as you were asking that about, you know, we, 
we can't just be the health department providing this, uh, all the, the services, if we're going to address all the needs that the community has. We need our community partners. Um, and so we do work with them. We, we are a regular grantor of, of funds um, and technical assistance to community-based organizations. I thought specifically about Whitman Walker Health and the fact mm -hmm. that Yes, they have the new clinic on 14th Street, but they've had a presence in Ward 8 for, for years in the Max Robinson Center, and we're really excited about the, the new, the new the facility. facility yeah. They're talking about that's super exciting. Um, but we partner really closely with us helping us. We, um, I'm on, I think I'm on the phone with them a weekly or biweekly, um, both in, in referring people to, but also getting referrals from. Um, and us helping us, I want to just give a little shout out, especially to them. They are working um, with a group of folks who may not otherwise access the healthcare system, and I'm talking about people who may not consider them, may not identify as gay or bisexual, trans, uh, uh, or intersex, um, or are still figuring out how to navigate um, uh, the world sexually and where they fit in. And because they don't necessarily identify as LGBTQI, they may not come directly to my clinic. They might not come directly to Whitman Walker or something that's seen as a gay clinic, mm. but they may go to us helping us for case management and other services. And while they're there, they've done such a great job at expanding and being able to offer some of those health services with the partnership of Washington Health Institute and Dr. Hodge and his team um, there. Um, I also want to, to mention uh, the, the work that's the, the partnership we have ongoing with Latin American Youth, like Clinica del Pueblo, Mary Center, um, in our Latinx community, which is another group that is dealing with um, stigma around um, sexual minorities and um, dealing with sort of a um, dif difficulty just in being in the United States in some, re in, in, in some instances and being newly, um, newly emigrated here. But some things that we're doing directly um, in terms of trying to address the challenges that we were talking about um, is providing low barrier access points of, uh, for sexual health care like the DC Health and Wellness Center. Um, we're also excited about the design of a program um, coming from our prevention division that is um, looking at putting um, vending machines with sexual health products um, that are going to be placed around the, the district. I don't have the locations yet, but it's something we're kind of excited about. Something novel, thinking outside the box, where people can get um, access to things that not just sexual health, but sexual pleasure and um, uh, that we don't talk about enough. Um, I have to agree with you on that because I, I think the whole grab and go concept is not old. I mean, it, I mean, it, it's it's not it's not new. I mean, you know, th th this is that the whole grab and go concept um, has been around for a long time. And this program that you're putting together that's giving people, you know, a vending machine. You could go out somewhere. It's like going to 7-Eleven, and you can decide to go to a vending machine to get, you know, I mean, you're human something, but it's something that you can get, get out of a machine that can help you take care of yourself. Absolutely. And, and that, and I, I, I really appreciate and applaud you for saying that. I'm going to take a moment to say hello to some folks that have come on real quick and give you a little, little breathing. Um, Monica came on the show. Uh, uh, Shelton Samuel Smallwood has come on the show. Oh. Shelton Smallwood, let me say you guys real quick. This is the reason one of the reasons, the main reason why Jason is here, I met um, uh, Shelton on a trip. He, we were talking health, and he said, I have a friend, and voila, Jason is on the show. So, um, Sam, thank you for, for that. Hey, best friend. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm sorry, I just wanted to give you guys a little breath until so that we-, we Oh, that's great. No, no. no I, I'm somewhat intrigued by what products would be in this vending machine. Of course you are. Of, <laughs> you know, I, I'm talking about like- The hat says it all. <laughs> of course you are. You want to know. I know, I do. I'm thinking about like the health products. You can talk about the other products as well, but our imaginations can take us there. But what about what health <laughs> products would be there? Yeah, so um, it's still in design, but we're thinking about different types of lube, specific um, 
uh, silicon lube, which is the, the, the best lube for anal sex in terms of sexual pleasure, but also in terms of sexual safety. Of course, a variety of condoms. But we're also thinking about things like um, not only um, information that you can get, but QR codes that you could scan to directly get like uh, uh, the test kits that I talked about through the Get Check DC program mm -hmm. to come directly yeah. to your house. Mm -hmm. um, possibly uh, a similar um, uh, uh, scan or code that you can reach our PEP hotline. We have a 24-hour PEP hotline that um, if something happened, if you're, H if you're uh, not living with HIV and you have a near uh, an oops that happens, or a, a potential exposure, mm -hmm. um, you can get access within 72 hours to post-exposure prophylaxis. So we're, we're trying to um, figure out how to put that link, that in the vending machines together. The PEP hotline already exists. Um, uh, right now, we're not thinking about putting actual medications in there, but uh, fast links to uh, medications free of charge um, low barriers possible. Um, those are the sorts of things that we're we're thinking of for the for the vending machines. Cool. Uh, the, there's there may be options for um, um, needle exchange and and clean works um, in those machines as well. Um, still in development a little bit. Right on. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, as organizations that might be community-based, what's the best way for them to get in touch with and or work with government organizations to reach the communities about this help? Well, fortunately, because of the, um, the, the grant work that we do with um, a number of our uh, community-based organizations, it's, there's a built-in way that we work together with them um, because of the grant monitoring evaluation that goes on with, with those grants. Um, there's our, our, our website for CBOs to to um, put in an outreach request. So if you're doing a, a, um, a health fair or something in the community that you'd like us to have a presence there or, um, or support for testing, things like that, um, that's dchealth.dc.gov slash service slash community outreach request. Um, we can in many ways um, uh, support HIV testing programs, and that's even with um, providing uh, S, uh, HIV kits uh, free of charge. Um, that's through our um, prevention division at DC Health, and that's on our DC Health website. Um, and one plug I want to put in is by reporting um, positive test results, which is um, something that, that we uh, encourage and that is actually mandated by law. When people, when CBOs send us a positive um, HIV, syphilis, gonorrhea, or chlamydia test, that puts that um, client in connection, in um, connects to our um, disease investigator team and connects people to, it's the way that we can connect people to care, contact tracing, partner services, so that that reporting mechanism that's built in where our CBOs send us information about positive tests is another way we, where we can then reach back out and close the loop uh, and provide direct services to their clients. Okay. Well, thank you, Jason. Um, I'm going to ask you some questions and, and, and I, I'm, I'm sure you will have an answer, but it's not totally in your, in the area that, that I know you to be, but um, you, you can, you know, change my mind on that. Um, since the onset of COVID, um, there have been a reduction in HIV AIDS testing in the District of Columbia, from what I understand. Um, why do you think that, uh, this has happened? And um, what consequences does the community face by not advocating for people to get tested even, uh, tested even during COVID? This is such a great um, question because one of the well, we couldn't foresee so many of the negative consequences of the pandemic, right? It was a global pandemic. And so we were, everyone was doing the best they could just to get through um, to the other side. But one of the unfortunate things is a decrease in, an imme almost immediate decrease in um, asymptomatic HIV and STD screening in the district. It, it went from here to here, a precipitous drop. And it was because 
um, no one was providing services that were not critical or seen as critical, um, especially in the first year following um, the start of COVID. And so all of, so many of our CBOs who were doing great work um, in doing routine testing and um, uh, district residents that were used to doing that regularly, all of a sudden it was almost impossible to find. And so what happened as a result is that we didn't have a good enough idea of how many people were newly diagnosed with HIV, how many people were, um, were um, positive for asymptomatic STIs, which syphilis, gonorrhea, and chlamydia, um, and HIV for that matter, uh, are can be asymptomatic, so people don't know that they have it. Mm-hmm. And so what happened after that in 2020, the numbers that we had coming out of that year did not at all accurately reflect um, the actual infections that people had during that year. And so if you don't know that you have something, you can't treat it. And if you don't know that you have something, you can easily spread it to partners. And um, the perception in the community, largely based on fact, but but after a while based um, not necessarily in fact, is that these services were not being provided and they couldn't get access to them. And right. so this, you know, that Get Check DC program that I talked about, we stood that up um, as a way to try to address that need. And then we, we started this express clinic program, which is still running out of our DC Health and Wellness Center, where you can come in and have a providerless um, testing visit that takes usually 15 to 20 minutes. You come, you tell us, um, based on the type of sex that you have, what um, tests you want. Um, you just go self-collect your specimens, get your blood drawn if you need HIV or syphilis or hepatitis, and then keep it moving. You don't have to interact with the provider. It was a way that we could decrease traffic in the community. I mean, in the clinic, um, decrease face-to-face interaction, if at all possible, which was really important um, early on in the pandemic, and a way that patients could come and get free asymptomatic screening didn't have to answer a bunch of questions, could just get it and, and go. And keep it going. Okay. And keep it going. That grab and go you were talking about. Yes, grab and go. <laughs> now, obviously, COVID still exists. Uh, the, you know, I'd heard on the news tonight that infection rates are beginning to climb again. But as Alvin mentioned earlier, we find ourselves facing what is being referred to as the triple-demic right now, RSV, the flu, uh, and, and COVID. Can you speak to that in any way in terms of uh, things that we should be mindful of as we go into this uh, time of gathering during the holidays. Yeah, absolutely. We were trying to, when I was talking with you guys before we went on air, a triple, triple-demic, I think, is what we uh, came up with, people are calling it. And, yeah. um, you know, one, it's, it's frightening because people die of all three of these viruses. People are still dying from COVID. Um, people die from the flu every year, and RSV kills the very young and the very old, unfortunately. And in addition to that, the the impact that it has on service delivery in all sectors of business, but specifically in healthcare delivery, is really, really important. I was sharing earlier that, you know, almost half of our provider staff at our clinic um, are currently out with one of those uh, three viruses or others. Adenovirus, rhinovirus, these sort of viruses this time of year um, people are getting. And so one thing that we've learned, and it's a good thing, is that we don't come, we do not come to work and play anymore when we're sick. Mm-hmm. We never should have, but everybody powered through, right? Mm-hmm. But now we're doing what we need to do and not yeah. being around people. Um, and that's a good thing. And at the same time, it really makes um, providing um, services uh, difficult when, when half the staff are out. So, you know, I'll put a plug in for don't go don't go around family, friends, and workmates when you're sick. Consider, I know we're tired of masks. Hey, I'm tired of them too. But consider wearing them if you're going to be in a large group of people, or you're going to you know you're going to be around your your um, elderly mom or auntie or grandmother um, who is really vulnerable. Yeah. Um, I support that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hand hygiene. And if there's a vaccine for it, get please it. Get it. Get please it. get it. 
You you guys heard it. Okay. <laughs> My nickname is Pincushion Bobbing. I okay. keep telling them, just give them to me. Keep I'm up to yeah. 11 shots in, in two years. So um, you guys heard him. So Jason knows better. Okay. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm tired of getting stuck too, but I'm doing it. If they yeah. got it, give yeah. it to me. Yeah. I believe in science. Yep. Here, mm here. -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Now we've actually shared in our chat the dchealth.dc.gov page. Yep. Is that the best place for people to go to get information or your information about STD prevention and uh, infectious disease information? It's a good one. Um, I'll put another plug for sexualbeings.org. Mm -hmm. um, that has um, uh, some some great info um, about testing, about PrEP, about PEP. Um, and then we have a, a Google site for the DC Health and Wellness Center where you can get connected to um, the services that we offer there. Mm -hmm. So I'll put in the plug for those as well. Um, and the, and the, yeah, to the extent that people still want to use them, the sexual beings is where you can get condoms to your um, your community-based organization or just to your house. Deliver to your house? Yeah, well, to first of all, he, he said he said there was slow, a slow your roll, Alf. No, he said Ooh. there was a there was a program, and hopefully, I'm saying sexual beings. There, there was a program beans. called yes, sexual beings where they could deliver a kit to your house so you could test yourself for STDs. I mean, you, do you That's know? Get Checked DC. Sorry, Alvin. GetCheckedDC.org. Get oh, checked. Get, I'm sorry. I, I, was, I was reading down. GetCheckedDC.org. Um, that, I think that is phenomenal because, I mean, come on now. Years ago, I don't, you know, I just remember that people would get an STD and you have to go to your doctors and look in their face or go to the <laughs> clinic or wait for them to call you. But now you can get it at home like a COVID test. And so yes. I think that 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 is that is very convenient. You guys out here watching this show need to hear about this. Get checks. Absolutely. And, and only, go ahead. I was gonna say, is that only for DC residents? Because we are an international, yeah, a national true. and that's international true. show. That's true. It currently is just for DC residents. We're okay. working on that. We do have a more regional approach for some of our other services, but the um the Get Check DC home mailing program is, and the HIV test kit program is just currently for people with a DC address. Well, I'll send mine through with Alvin's name. So if anything comes back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. Oh my gosh. You know, I was going to say something to that effect without. I, I was going to say because like, no, there's some people live in Maryland who want to call me because Alvin and I are here, but you know, I knew little Elf was not going to let that get, okay, get not, away. Not there. at all. Um, Jason, all. before we let you go, one of the things I certainly wanted yeah. to ask about uh, very quickly also because it too significantly impacted the LGBTQ community is the MPOX and uh, yes. asking the question of the presence of MPOX still. Uh, within the community, the need for vaccination, if one has not already been vaccinated, et cetera. Just kind of like a, a quick update, if you wouldn't mind sharing with MPOX in the community. Yes, the, I'm glad. Uh, thanks for bringing that up. First, starting with good news, last two weeks or the first two weeks since the outbreak started when we had zero cases reported in the district. That's it, That's this excellent. is a great um, a public health um, a success story. And it's because of the way the public, our LGBTQ brothers, sisters, others, siblings responded and came out and said, give me that vaccine. Even yes. said, I don't give me COVID vaccine. I don't take the flu vaccine, but I'll give it out. Give it out. <laughs> yeah. and We're let so that go and just keep it moving. Okay. They, they, they moving. took the vaccine. There you go. Keep it moving. And, um, but, but even though we haven't had any cases reported in the last two weeks, we still would encourage people to get vaccinated. It's yeah. a two, two shot um, process, four weeks apart. Um, currently, our um, COVID centers in wards two, three, and eight are um, also doing the MPOX vaccine and it's a uh, walk up. You don't have to have an appointment. Early on, we didn't have enough vaccine. Now we have plenty. But just so, clarification, um, if you've not been vaccinated, you do recommend it still. Absolutely. 
Yes, because we're not at zero cases nationwide. And we don't know what's, this caught us by surprise. This um, monkeypox or mpox, uh, previous outbreaks did not do what this outbreak, uh, this outbreak did. And our community was very much, not the only uh, people that were affected, but right. uh, main, uh, made up the largest percentage. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, so yes, still the vaccine. We, we are, excuse me, look, Jason, we need to bring you back because there are some <laughs> things that we need to talk to you about and we couldn't get to. But I, if, if Bobby and, and, and Vosh will, will indulge me, I want to ask this last question. First of all, thank you for joining us tonight uh, for Health Talk, very informative. And we do appreciate that you're here to close out our show, um, our Manage Your Health series. What are, um, are there any closing remarks you wanna share with our viewers about entering this new year uh, regarding their health before you leave us? Oh, sure. I mean, the, um, if you have, don't know your status, if you don't know your HIV status and you have not had that done recently, there's so many ways to get that done. All, all of us should, should know our HIV status and um, do the test with the knowledge that if you're um, negative and at risk, we can give you a pill a day or a shot every two months to prevent it. And if you are just find out you're living with HIV, we can give you a pill a day or give you a shot every two months to treat it. So um, this is this is not ten years ago. It's not twenty years ago. It's not three years ago. Amen. Then also a plug for HIV is not the only thing that we live with, and Absolutely. our overall health. We need right. physicals every year. We need a cholesterol check. We need right. to find out if we're living with diabetes. We need to, to look at our diet and exercise, look at our weight management, look at our stress level. Um, mental health is such a huge um, unmet need Absolutely. in our community. Specifically, we have higher rates of depression, anxiety, and suicide than, than yep. um, the general public. Overall, you know, uh, um, physical, mental, spiritual health is really, really important going into the new year. Let's... Let's talk about that. Jason, Beverly, thank you so much for being here. Please don't go away. We, we're going we're gonna to bring you back for the closing of the show. But ladies and gentlemen, please, we can't hear you, but let's give him a round of applause, Mr. Jason Beverly from the D.C. Department of Health. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Well, this is like a perfect segue. His closing remarks is a perfect mm -hmm. segue into this week. The pop-up. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Jason I like was, the sound. That you, you like the sound? It, that, that, it, when, it, when it leaves, it's like, okay, they, they're back. See, I was going to say something. I'm you know saying what? nothing. I, I'm <laughs> saying nothing. I am saying nothing. Look, Jason ended, you know, telling us how we could prepare for the, the new year yes. regarding our health. And he mentioned uh, stress. Mm. So ladies and gentlemen, our pop-up for tonight, we want to give you our five points for distressing, distressing. De-stressing. De-stressing. D, yeah, because it almost sounded like distress, but oh, de-stressing. De-stressing during the holiday. Right. Absolutely. Because <laughs> distress is totally okay. different. Honey. D, this heavy tongue Hip is down back. Ooh, and, distress. And the, the heavy tongue is back. It is the heavy tongue again, the bro. Heavy yes. tongue is back. Okay. Yes. De-stressing de during the holiday. So yes, absolutely. Now look, we had a conversation about this, I don't know, what, like a week or so ago. Mm -hmm. And you know, we take your mental and your physical health very, very seriously here on yep. He Said, He Said, He Said. Yep. And a week or so ago, we asked the question, do you have to go to a party when those people do not bring you joy? And we just want to emphasize again during this holiday season that you have the ability to just say no. I would say say no thank you because, well, you know, that's always kinder, but you can just say no. Yeah. Right. And, and I will just add to that, as I've said before, and no is what? A complete, a complete, sentence. Sentence. A complete sentence. That's and right. And the thing is, no is okay. It is lovely to know that you have been invited. Absolutely. It also lets the host know that they do not have to cook any other food for you. <laughs> and they do not have to exactly. buy any more liquor for you. One so less. it is okay to just say, oh, no, thank yeah. you. One less. Well, Absolutely. And, 
And another point that that we thought was important to share with you all is that prevent, you know, cut down, try to eliminate family fiascos. And you can do this by inviting a non-family member to to events. Now, but if you know you got a messy family, you may not want to <laughs> invite that that friend or that 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 member. But you know, um, some of the research we've done has said that if you if you you know invite a friend to your family you know um, event, that it would cut down on on the uh, chaos and fiascos that you usually encounter at at your family. You know, with with your your family, yes. um, they may not quite show out the same way with the, with the guests there. They will they will slide the plate instead of toss it. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, there's another. First of all, I want to say hello to Derwin who just chimed in. I had the I had the wonderful pleasure of meeting Derwin in person today. So just want to say hello and th thanks for tuning in. Hello. Um, but um, the other thing that we often talk about is, you know, the gratification and satisfaction that comes from helping others, paying it forward, doing something nice for someone else is a tremendous way of feeling a great sense of uh, accomplishment and uh, helping one another. There before the grace of God go I, um, whether it's a contribution to a charity that you believe in, uh, simply doing something nice for your neighbor, um, a note, reaching out to someone you haven't spoken to. Uh, and I'm one of those kind of people that sometimes when people cross my mind, I try to be pretty good about picking up the phone and saying, like, I'm just checking on you because you were heavy on my mind, on my yeah. heart today. And, and I'm following. And, and can you think of a person who's ever really mad that you stop to recognize their presence or check in on them? So doing something for others can certainly be a wonderful way to do something for yourself as well. I don't know where they were when I was putting up my Christmas lights again, but I think that's a great idea. You all, nobody was helping me put my Christmas. But it was up. you who said but, you would sympathize with someone else. <laughs> I would. I would sympathize with you. I would. I'm okay. here. Just making. All right. I'm just lending listening. an ear. Just listening. Go ahead, Fox. I'm sorry. No worries. Something else that you can do to really bring joy to the season is contact someone that has made a difference in your life. I know that we're at the end of the year, but if you can think all the way back to the beginning of the year and find those people that have just done anything, whether it was a smile, that lifted your day, a phone call, a card, uh, anything, share that with them. Let them know that they're in your heart during this holiday season. It's all so worthwhile. Absolutely. I, I Absolutely. That. I support that. Yes. And part of what you were saying also earlier, in addition to saying no, sometimes we do find ourselves feeling uh, pressured to say yes. And so we go to some of these events. But one of the things that we do as a part of self-care as well is, is just not necessarily committing a great amount of time to them. Sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, the appearance, you know, making an appearance, saying hello, spending, you know, time, getting to chat with a couple of people is all you need. You don't have to close the party out all the time. So right. just, you know, that time management piece during a time when your time is, there are many demands on your time, is also really important as well to your own sense of mental health. And, and, and I and, want to and, introduce the notion of the, I think it's the Irish goodbye. What is the but Irish goodbye? I, the Irish goodbye is when you are at a party yes. and you are ready to go, yes. you just quietly leave. Oh, you don't I go heard, around. I didn't know that's what it was called. I heard goodbye. that. Oh, there's somebody the vibe of the party. When you are ready to go, you just go. Go I've quietly. I didn't know that was the name that is given, but I've heard about that 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 quiet well, exit kind of like. Well, there you there's one go. of our viewers who I know needs to exercise that because <laughs> I'm not even going to say who that is. But I I told I will practice that and I will wear that on a badge. Irish goodbye. Okay, I will make sure that we do that. Well, look, ladies and gentlemen, we are at the end of our show. Thank you, Bobby and uh, and 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 uh, Vaj for sharing our de-stressing tips for for the holidays. Well, ladies Absolutely. and gentlemen, um, we are at the end of the year, and next week is our year in review show. Um, Bobby, Vosh, and I, we have a fun-filled show planned for you guys. You know, just recapping the year and some of the things that made us you our show exciting so please tune in next week um our words of the week this week health is like money we never have a true idea of it of, of its value until we lose it and that was a quote by josh billings ladies and gentlemen if we could bring uh jason back to the uh stage tonight 
Jason, again, thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Jason sure. Beverly. Absolutely. With, uh, with thank the you. Department of Health, thank you for your expertise, comments, um, advice. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely. Happy holidays. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to sign out, and we look forward to seeing you for one more show this year next week on our new episode of He Said. He Said. He said. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Have a good weekend. <laughs>